Welcome back to the Project 33 Highlight Podcast. These are the highlights of the month, March. Finn is talking about the most important content metric to track, how to understand marketing cycles, that your need for tracking is destroying your content strategy, posting to LinkedIn pages versus personal profiles where to post, and how to stand out on LinkedIn in 2023. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Let us know your feedback. Chapter one, how to measure your content. I actually thought about this quite a bit because we're creating reports for customers, right? And the, the point of the reports, quarterly reports, is to define what actually worked and what didn't. So we needed to have one criteria by which we can compare uh, pieces of content. So we looked at the data on LinkedIn. Right, because we're posting also the videos on YouTube and in an email newsletter and all of these create different, you know, metrics. On YouTube, you get a certain view amount, and LinkedIn, you get a certain view amount. On on your email newsletter, you get an open rate. We just looked at LinkedIn because LinkedIn is where you get the most organic traction. So you have more signal to noise. And so basically we we created one scoring number. We call it total weighted engagements. And it's basically just Likes plus comments plus shares. Every like counts once, every comment counts twice, and every share counts four times. Because a share is worth more than a comment and a comment is worth more than a like. You add it all together in this weighted way, you get one number. I think it's much better to look at that than to look at, for example, views. Because I would much rather get a video that gets a thousand views, but a hundred likes, than a video that gets 10,000 views but 10 likes, right? Because it just means that it actually created more reactions in people. Not only was it consumed or maybe shown on the feed, but it's something that people actually, you know, connected with. Like they wrote a comment or they put a like or they shared it with their own network. And then also engagement rate, I think, can be perceiving because, you know, you might have a video that has 1,000 views and then 10 likes, which is an engagement rate of 1%, or you might have a video that has five views and five likes, which is an engagement rate of 100%, right? Which is 100 times better than the previous one, but it still only has five likes compared to 10 likes for the other one. So again, I would much rather have the video or the piece of content that got 10 likes rather than the one that got five likes because it, it means more overall interactions with customers. So that's how we evaluate kind of what are best performers with this one, one metrics. Chapter two, understanding marketing cycles. So people talk about sales cycles, but I think a lot of people are not talking about marketing cycles. So what a lot of companies are aware of is that there are sales cycles, right? From the moment that someone raises their hand and says, I want to talk to sales, to the moment that they close and become a paying customer, you know, there's a time period that it takes. You know, they need to maybe have multiple calls with your salespeople. They need to get educated. You need to send them like an overview and a prospectus. Maybe they need to, you know, talk with their in-house team, get alignment. You need to maybe have a call with a different decision maker. Then you need to create a contract. There's back and forth on that. All of that, that takes time. People know that. The same is true for the cycle that happens before that, the cycle from the moment that someone's not even aware of you to the moment that someone raises their hand and says, I want to talk to sales, there's lots of things happening there too, 
what people kind of assume is that if we, for example, create great content and great ads and great marketing, people will see one of our videos, raise their hand and say, I want to talk to sales. Or they will see one of our ads and say, I want to talk to sales. Or they're going to Google our company, download our ebook, read the ebook, and are going to be like, I want to talk to sales. As if this, this marketing cycle takes a day, but it's a similar process, right? From someone never having heard about you to having the comfort, confidence and trust and awareness to be able to raise their hand and say, I want to talk to sales. That takes time. They need to see multiple pieces of content. They need to get to know you and they need to really understand what you even do. They need to recognize the problem that you solve in their own business. They need to talk to your peers and say, have you heard about this company? I'm debating, you know, booking a demo with them. You know, they're going to compare you to competitors before they book a demo. You know, they're going to think about this a little bit. They're going to talk to their boss and say, hey, have we looked into this solution and into this problem? How are we going about this? That takes time. That often takes the same kind of weeks and months of someone going through that research process. So if you, when you think about, for example, starting a marketing campaign or you're starting to post content on LinkedIn, if you expect that I can just post content for a month and then by that time, I want people knocking on my door saying, I want to talk to sales. I want to have leads after month one. You're assuming that this cycle doesn't exist that people just read one or two of your posts and immediately want to talk to you and buy your product. And so this too takes time. It takes maybe two, maybe three, maybe six months. It really depends on your solution, how long it takes someone to be able to educate themselves enough to build that trust, to build rapport in you, to understand what you're actually doing, to recognize the problem that you're, saying, that you're solving and seeing that it's big enough. That's why it takes time once you start a marketing campaign for it to actually generate leads and inbound because there is a marketing cycle that takes time. Chapter three, how B2B companies destroy their content strategy. I think there is a point to be made that people's need to track the content strategy is destroying the content strategy. And what I mean by that is we for us, Project 33, we post a lot of content, right? We post content on LinkedIn and on YouTube and on our website and all kinds of different places, videos and text posts, and not just me, J2 and, and other people on our team. How do you track how that content and which piece of content generates customers? This content basically generates like 70 to 80% of our leads, right? The problem is how most people buy, and I noticed this in our analytics, for example, people don't watch a video of me on LinkedIn. Then from that video, go to my LinkedIn profile, and then from there, go to our website and from there, book a demo. Because we're in B2B, like we sell, our solution is like $30,000. You know, people don't impulse buy these things. So what people actually usually do is that they'll see a video of mine. And maybe they watch half of it, maybe they watch all of it. And then they keep scrolling. Then a couple of days later, they see another video. They watch again a little bit of it, maybe skip through, maybe read part of the thing. Then they keep scrolling. Then they see another video. Maybe then sometime they see a video of Jay and they were like, this was interesting too. Maybe at some point then they go to our website, you know, from our LinkedIn page and check out our website and read through it and 
then go on with their day. And then maybe at some point they tell their colleague and they're like, I found these people, I watched the videos, the website is kind of interesting, go check them out, they're called Project 33. And then that person Googles Project 33, finds our website, goes on the website, books a demo because that person is the decision maker. And so on our analytics, how that shows up is direct traffic, right? Google search, basically. Someone typed in Project 33 into Google, found us, booked a demo. Now, does that mean that I should be more focused on Google SEO? Because apparently we have 40% of our website traffic coming through Google search and another 40%, I don't know the exact numbers right now, but a big chunk comes through direct traffic. Basically, people just putting our link into the, into the link uh, on the browser because they've been on our website before. Does that mean I need, now need to do website SEO? No, because the source is still our content, right? I just can't track exactly that, oh, okay, they came from LinkedIn and they watched this specific video and this is the one that converted them. And so the problem is when you're in the mindset of we need to track everything because we need to ensure ROI. So therefore, we're going to put in every piece of content that we're posting on YouTube and on LinkedIn and all these, uh, we're going to put a link in there and then that link has tracking. And only if someone clicks that link in that piece of content and then ends up our website and then books a demo and then closes, that means that that piece of content in that channel is working. If that is not happening, we can get rid of that channel. When you're not seeing the bigger picture, right? The bigger picture is buying cycles and buying journeys are complex, especially in B2B. They don't happen linearly. They take a couple of weeks and months for people to get convinced. And oftentimes how people end up on, on your website when they are ready to book a demo is that they just Google your name or put your website directly in the search and then they land there. That doesn't mean that you need to do more YouTube SEO. So I think content teams need for tracking minutely, you know, to the last detail is destroying their content strategy because it leads to the wrong decision. Chapter four, LinkedIn pages versus personal profiles, where to post. LinkedIn pages versus, versus LinkedIn profiles, where to post. There's definitely been more successful LinkedIn pages, I would say. You see more and more pages on LinkedIn that have a certain theme um, or a certain topic. And, uh, you know, people are posting through these company pages and they're getting good engagement. And so should you be posting your content on a company page or on a pro personal profile? And I think the answer is both. There's no reason to only post to one of the two. Um, you know, different people have different opinions. Some people say, no, you should only post personal profiles because the reach is better. Some people like the company pages. But in the end, there's no reason to be exclusive. So post on both. That's what we do, for example, for our content. That's what we do for all of our customers. In the end, you can post the same content. So... I create videos, these videos that you're watching right now, um, for myself, Jay, who's our creative director, does the same thing. We record videos for him. And then we post these videos. My videos get posted to my personal profile and Jay's videos get posted to Jay's personal profile. And then we post both types of videos on our Project 33 company page. Not all of them, right? For example, some of the videos that we record are on personal topics where I talk about, I don't know, my holiday or I talk about getting married or, you know, something personal to me. Those we only post to our personal profiles. Those don't go to the uh, company page. 
But most of the other stuff that we talk about when we talk about content marketing and LinkedIn and personal branding and how to improve your videos and how to increase the quality of your content, you know, and, and all these different kind of subject matter expertise topics that we both talk about, they're relevant to our followers on Project 33. So we post the exact same content on the LinkedIn. We post it natively. You know, don't reshare, don't post it on a company page and then reshare that company post on your personal profile or the other way around, like upload the video file natively to to both of these places Um, because you never know how the LinkedIn algorithm changes. Right now, in general, content that you post to your personal profile performs better. That's why it's our main pillar and content you post onto your company LinkedIn page performs less well roughly five times less engagement, but that might change, right? LinkedIn might change priorities and say, we want to prioritize company pages. And so you shouldn't wait until that point to, you know, start scrambling then and be like, oh shit, we don't have a strategy. We don't have any content for this. You know, start it now. That's my answer to personal profiles or company pages, do both. Chapter five, how to stand out on LinkedIn in 2023. I think the mistake that I see a lot of people do is they either consider LinkedIn an inbound platform or an outbound platform. So either if they consider it an inbound platform, they're creating content, they're posting text posts and videos and all this stuff and hoping that someone sees it and then somehow goes to the website and purchases for them. Or if they see it as an outbound channel, they send all kinds of cold messages to people on LinkedIn. They have whole sequences, how they're messaging people, and they basically see it as a sales channel. And I think neither approach is right or wrong. I think the strongest approach is to combine both. And so the way that I think about is to treat LinkedIn like a 24-7 networking event. So use all the features, right? That means posting, connecting, commenting, messaging, and taking it off the platform. Which means posting means you are creating original content yourself on LinkedIn that you're publishing anywhere between two to five times a week. Image posts, text posts, video posts, combination of all of them, carousels, trying to add value to your audience, you know, sharing insights, lessons that you learn, tips, tricks, tools that you found the regular. Then connecting with people, right? So this is kind of a more outbound approach, but really using Sales Navigator, using LinkedIn search function to specifically find people who are potential buyers for you based on job title, industry that they work in, and then connect with them. Not necessarily with a generic message. You might be able to do it with a generic message, but sometimes also just one-on-one do it manual, look at their profile and connect with them and say something in the connection request of something something you saw in their profile. Commenting or engaging means you're not just publishing your own content, but you're engaging with other people's content too. You're using the LinkedIn feed, you're commenting on other people's content, thoughtful comments, not just great posts, thank you for sharing, but also like actually you know, giving pushback or sharing your own two cents or adding on top of what the other person person said. One, to be present in other ways because people see your comments. Two, it's a great way to generate content ideas because if you get a lot of likes on a comment that you did, you can then turn that into a standalone post. And to build connections, right? To network, right? Because if you're commenting on other people's content and you're engaging, and again, do it with relevant people, not like a random viral cat video you saw on LinkedIn, but like 
other industry experts, your potential customers, your current customers, right? Other people in your industry sharing their own thoughts and insights so that you're building your network and connections. Messaging, same thing. I mean, obviously reply to messages that people send you, but also like be proactive, right? Like if you see a piece of content by someone else and you really liked it, send them a message saying, hey, I saw your post on topic so-and-so, really loved your thought about it, right? Or ask a follow-up question, say, hey, I saw your post. What do you think about this other thing? Connecting with people, right? Treat it like a networking event. Like if someone if someone says an interesting thing during a networking event, during a conversation, you're not just going to nod your head and move on. You're going to Go back and forth. You're going to share your own thoughts, have a question to them, say something nice to them, ask them why they said it or what their history is or how they got into this industry or what they're excited about or trends that they're thinking about, right? It's both to build connections and to build your network and build relationships, but it's also kind of a market research tool, right? Because if you're doing this with your prospects, with your customers, with other experts in your industry, then you constantly have a pulse on what other people care about and what they're what they're thinking about. And then the last thing, taking it off platform, right? Not everything that starts on LinkedIn has to stay on LinkedIn. You can meet someone for coffee, schedule a Zoom call to get to know each other, you know, meet at a networking event if you're both in the same city, right? Like all of these things, like treat LinkedIn like a 24-7 networking event. And I think that's really the way to stand out as it's going to get tougher and tougher in 2023. All right. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you have any questions, any topics that you would like us to discuss on here, just send me a message on LinkedIn. And then we also now started doing our live events, our live Q&As every two weeks where we break down the leading B2B companies and how they do their marketing. We will have some marketing leaders on there for interviews and where we from Project 33 just share our current lessons. So if you're interested in that, uh, feel free to join us live every two weeks at 4 p.m. Central Eastern Time. You can find the link to sign up for that live Q&A on our website under our uh, learning center page and there's a page for the live Q&A where you can register and then you also get can add it to your calendar I'd love to see you there it's still an experiment and uh, thank you so much for listening bye bye peace out